Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I believe that God organizes every service. He has a plan. He has a flow to everything that he does. The last act should be the greatest act. And then there should be a grand finale. So let's stand because we're going to enter the last act of this service, which is the preaching of the word, which will keep you. It will keep you. And today we are blessed to have Brother Zerpoli back with us. He's been a blessing before. He's a great preacher, great man of God. We're really glad to have you, Brother Zerpoli. Come and take your liberty. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can we give our uh, hand clap and praise to the Lord right now? Has he been good to you? Amen. God's been so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for liberty, God. Thank you for freedom that we feel in your house. Oh, it's good to be free. Praise God. It's so good to be free. Amen. I enjoyed that weather when I came in. Yesterday, I think I left Austin. It was 70 degrees when I left and, uh, I came here and, and I said, now why didn't I bring a coat? I said, well, because it's April, that's why I didn't bring a coat. But I love that, that snow. I know you guys are just ready for it to move on. And you can just send it to Texas a little bit. We can cool off. Great to be with you, family. And good to be in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, if you will turn to 1 Samuel chapter 15. It is always, always an honor to be here, and um, I thank you so much, Pastor and Sister Kylie, for the opportunity, the invitation to come. First Samuel chapter 15, I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Beautiful worship this morning. Thank you for blessing us. What a... What talent you have, but more than anything else, what, uh, what great people, what great spirits that you have here. You, I can come in and immediately connect with whoever is up here because they're spirits. You know what I'm saying? The Holy Ghost is flowing through them, and uh, that's always good. First Samuel 15, I'm going to start in verse 1. Samuel also said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people over Israel. Now therefore heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing, nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. But Saul and the people spared Agag. I'm sorry, skipping down to verse 9. Skip down to verse 9. But, but Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, that they utterly destroyed. Skip down to verse 13. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. 
I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is the bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet, and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak on. So Samuel said, When you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. And gone on the mission which the Lord sent me and brought back King Agag of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Wow. But the people took of the plunder, sheep, and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. How sobering is that? And I'd like to preach to you today with your help. And with the Lord's help, a convenient sacrifice. Can we go to the Lord today? Thank you, Jesus, for your presence that we feel. Thank you for your anointing, God. Thank you for your power and your presence. You showed up here, God, to Abundant Life Church. God, to bless us with your presence. And God, to to send your word forth to somebody who's willing, somebody who's ready to obey the voice of the Lord. Lord, help us not to leave the same way that we came, but help us to obey your voice and to do what you require, to do what you ask, God, for nothing else matters, nothing else is important. Lord, I bind the spirit of fear and doubt. I cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ. I lose the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, would you have your complete way today? God, would you have your perfect will today? And we surrender our hearts to you this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We live in a country that knows all too well the joys of convenience. With only a few clicks of a mouse or taps of a thumb, you can have an item delivered to your doorstep within days. Amazon has pushed the envelope to deliver an even greater convenience for you. Now you need only to wait a few hours For that workout DVD that you'll sit on the couch and watch one time. (laughs) 
before you realize it's not as convenient a workout as it was advertised or as you thought it might be. And speaking of working out, there's that convenient neighborhood gym just around the corner from you. And it calls your name each and every time you pass by. You know, it's got all these neat looking machines that you know nothing about and that you will never use. But it is calling your name each and every time you pass by. It's a safe place. It's a safe place. It's open day and night just for you. Simply stop in and put your debit card on file for the chance to have a guilty conscience each and every time you pass by with that convenient Starbucks Frappuccino, Frappuccino, right? And that convenient blueberry muffin. Talking about convenience this morning. There are restaurants of your choice on every street corner. You're free to choose whether you want cheap fast food with hundreds of life-killing preservatives that will live on in your body long after you're dead and gone. Or in Austin, they have like these loopy health nut shops on every single corner where you can go in and they can prepare an all-organic meal just for you. You get what you pay for in both cases. And for the sake of convenience, you will pay a high price for either one that you choose. Just the other day, I went to HEB. HEB is a grocery store in Texas. And I got one of those brilliant tied white pins. Those things are cool. Those things are convenient. Though my shirt be as scarlet, it's, it's now a not so dingy white. It did a pretty good job. Convenience. Rather than having to wait for that thing to come out of the washer, right? But I was robbed. I was cheated because I picked up that wrinkle remover, that spray. That stuff doesn't work. My shirt is just as wrinkled as it was when I put it on. Although I probably should have obeyed the instructions and sprayed my shirt while it was still on the hanger and not while it was on my back. <laughs> still, the things that we do for convenience. Can I get an amen? We are certainly beneficiaries of modern conveniences that are available to us today. But there are consequences to convenience. I told you last time I was here about my skydiving story. I almost paid the ultimate price because for convenience sake, for a cheaper skydiving experience, I jumped out of a plane. Who would do that? But for the sake of convenience. You know, oftentimes convenience can breed and even promote a laziness in our culture. After all, who doesn't want to just sit back and relax and let somebody else do the hard work for you? It's easier to consult, young people, Professor Google or Dr. Wikipedia, right? Then it is sometimes to do some research and some study and some memorization on your own. It's just easier. It's convenient. I've been guilty when I had a full-time job in the past of telling my coworkers 
I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. And I keep saying, I don't know the answer. But I know who to find who knows the answer. Convenience perhaps turned into a little bit of laziness. And if there's one phrase that we have all heard, and some of you have been guilty of saying, I don't want my kids to have to go through what I went through growing up. And although your intentions are pure, what you're really saying is that you want to hand the next generation something that they did not earn or work for, but that somebody else earned for them. Convenience. There are churches that you can find today that will be more than happy to cash your offering check and tell you what your itching ears would like to hear in a society that screams intolerance. For the sake of convenience, unfortunately, churches have been folding left and right under the pressure. But oh, thank God for a church and thank God for a pastor that grips this book firmly and tightly and standing like a beacon of hope to those shipwrecked souls out there who need the lighthouse. Thank God for a church that preaches truth. And people are coming from all over to experience something real and genuine here. You have the goods here. A church that will stand on the objective morality of the word of God and will not bend and will not fold, will not give place to a lying devil whose only objective is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Oh, thank God for a church that preaches the truth of Jesus Christ. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. Thank God for a church. And still... With all the modern technology and conveniences at our disposal, there is an old-fashioned God who is not intimidated by the times. And he's looking down upon it all. Micah 3.6 says this. God says, for I am the Lord. I change not. And the psalmist said in Psalm 102, of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will change them, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. The New Testament writer would echo the same about the God who wrapped himself in flesh, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. And James said in his epistle, there is no variableness. There is no shadow of turning with him. Oh, thank God that we can trust him, that he means what he says, that he says what he means, and he will do what he said he would do. You never have to worry if God will keep his promises. You never have to wonder if God's going to go back on his word, but he's a faithful God. He's a consistent God. In a world of broken promises, one thing is for sure, God never, never fails. Are you thankful that he doesn't change? Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you never change. You're steadfast, Lord. Hallelujah. But did not God himself 
specifically spell out plans for his people to sacrifice to him. In fact, do not the majority of the first five books of the law of God contain instructions regarding the how, what, when, and where of sacrifice. Go read it. There were so many sacrifices to offer to God. How could anybody keep up? One Jewish historian said, 20,000 blood sacrifices a day estimated from 2.7 million people. Unbelievable. Exhausting. But in Amos 5, that very same God who spelled it out said this, I hate, I despise your feast days. And I do not savor your sacred assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them. Nor will I regard your fattened peace offerings. Take away from me the noise of your songs. For I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments. But let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. God was saying, I am tired of your ritualism. I'm tired of your ceremonialism. I'm tired of your religion. But I want something better than your dead religion. I want your heart. I want your obedience. He said in Isaiah that these people honor me with their lips. They know the right things to say. They know the right chords to strum. But their hearts are so far from me. I don't want that. I want your obedience. The prophet gave very clear instructions to King Saul. Destroy the Amalekites. All of them. Every living, breathing thing. Destroy it. But Saul's good friend pride came up slipped his arm around his shoulder and said, hey, I have a better idea than that. Go ahead and spare the king of the Amalekites so you can show him off. You'll bind him in chains. All of his people will be dead. He's just as good as dead. But go ahead and spare him so you can flaunt him around. And for convenience sake, Saul went ahead and took the best of the animals as well. Whether the people really pressured Saul to do such a thing or whether he was just blaming the people who can really say for sure. But one thing is for certain, he looked the prophet in the eye and he said, this will be good to sacrifice to the Lord. A convenient sacrifice. A sacrifice in Saul's own time and in his own way. That's what Saul was willing to give to the Lord. A sacrifice that was never intended to be a sacrifice at all. Because God told him to destroy it. It was not Saul's spoil to begin with. He picked up something that belonged to the enemy. It was never his, but he wanted to hang on to it just for a little while. He wanted to entertain it for a little while. Don't you see, Saul, you want to offer me something that is not yours? on your own time and against my word and act like you're doing me a favor. Keep your convenient sacrifice, Saul. I don't want it. I wanted your obedience. I wanted your heart. 
But simple obedience to God's plan was not enough for Saul. Obeying the commands of God was something that he used to do when he was a humble man. But now he had outgrown that. The audacity of Saul. How revolting. How could the man do such a thing as defy the very word of the Lord like this was some cheap game? How could he do something like that? But I'm afraid that the very same spirit of convenience that choked out the humility of Saul is attempting to creep into and overtake our hearts and our homes and our churches. Hear me, church member. It's so much more convenient to church hop nowadays and look for the best programs or the best Sunday school for the kids than it is to get our hands dirty and make a difference in the body of Christ. It's so much more convenient to sit on the church chairs and criticize the pastor for preaching too straight or criticize the music for singing old school songs or, or too many contemporary songs or criticizing the sound man for not having it just right or even criticizing the people. It's so much easier and more convenient than to just put our hands to the plow, obey the Lord, lift up our leadership in prayer, and say, what can I do to help the body of Christ? It is so much more convenient for us to throw money at the church and boast of our benevolence than it is for us to just be the church that God has called us to be and pour ourselves in to a brother or a sister in need or a stranger in need. It's so much more convenient to read the latest book or to download the latest sermon or the latest song, talk about the greatest preacher, than it is to just hit our knees in prayer and fasting and ask God to move like he never has before. And even more than that, hear me, Sometimes it's so much easier for us to fast than it is to just obey the words of the Lord. It's so much more easier to fast from food than to sever ties with that unhealthy, immoral relationship that God has commanded you already to give up. It's so much easier to fast from food than it is to let go of that grudge that we're holding against our brother or our sister. You would rather starve yourself than to just obey the voice of God. I'm talking to somebody today. But can I tell you, honey, that all you're really doing is going hungry. <laughs> when you fast rather than obey. Because I am not the God of your all-too-convenient sacrifice. I don't need your sacrifice. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. What I need is your obedience. What I long for is your heart. What I desire is you. Not your sacrifice. Backslider, can I reach out for you for, to you for a moment? You see, we have been given very clear instructions from the word of God. And can I tell you that nothing has changed, although culture has changed, although people want to shove something down your throat. The word of God does not change. It is true. It's forever settled in heaven. 
It doesn't bow underneath the pressure. Yet how many of us are still hanging on to what God has told us to destroy? I will sacrifice this to the Lord one day. I know that he requires this of me. But I'm just waiting on that convenient time to do so. I will destroy what is not pleasing to God one day when I'm ready and on my terms in my own time. I intend, oh, I intend to give God my life and obey him. I'm just not ready. Leave me alone, preacher. I'm comfortable right now. I feel good. I'm having too much fun doing my own thing, but I will sacrifice one day to the Lord. I intend to. God knows my heart. Yes, God knows our hearts. And that's not a statement of comfort, people. It's a statement of damnation. God knows our very hearts, and that's the problem. You see, you know intellectually that God's way is better because you've tried it your way, you've done it your way, and you always seem to go to bed miserable at night. You know intellectually that God's way must be better. But I intend to sacrifice at a more convenient hour when it's a little bit more comfortable for me to give it up. Can I tell you, it's so much more convenient to pray to God to be my savior, to rescue me once again from sin, as he's done so many times before. It's so much easier, God, cry out to God, help me, Lord, than it is to just pray for him every day to be my master and my Lord and my God. He said, we gotta move from this place where he's just our savior. We've gotta move into relationship with him. But sometimes it's just more convenient. Hear me, church member, backslider, visitor, I'm talking to you this morning. God is not here to con condemn you. He's not here to condemn you. That's why he sent a messenger to you. He's here to show mercy to you. He's given you an opportunity. You're hearing this message right now because of his great love for you. Amen. But can I tell you, he no longer desires the convenient sacrifices of your praise or your prayers or your thanksgivings or your songs, or your offerings, or your fasts. God doesn't want any of that stuff. He wants your obedience. He wants your heart. Backslider, come home. You better make up your mind today. I'm not offering God a meaningless, worthless, artificial, convenient sacrifice, but I'm giving God what he asks for today. I'm giving him my obedient heart. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. My obedience, Lord. In Proverbs 13 and 13, he who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. <clears throat> what a great promise. He who fears the commandment will be rewarded. Luke eleven twenty eight. Jesus himself said, more than that, blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Logically, Saul had to know God's way is the best way. He grew up around God's people. 
He's seen God perform countless miracles, but practically, that was the problem. He didn't carry out God's instruction. Why? Was he not anointed king of Israel? Was he not the very child of God? So what went wrong with Saul? You see, pride and arrogance causes us to puff up and to do that which is convenient in our own eyes, to approach God on our own terms, even perhaps build a monument to ourselves as Saul did. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. But what obedience will cost you in laying aside your pride, it is more than able to make up for in humility. Psalm 51, 17, the psalmist said, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. And 1 Peter 5, 6, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. The promises of God, we can lay claim to them. We can lay hold on them. We don't have to do it our own way. But you see, a spirit of convenience strips you of your faith in God. There are no unknowns when you do that which is convenient in your own eyes. Therefore, there's no reason, no need to trust God because there's no unknowns. You have the controls in your own hands. You're going to handle this. You don't need to obey the voice of God. But the word of God says different, Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. Obedience builds your faith. It forces you to venture out into the unknown, to accept God at his word and trust that he's going to make up the difference. That's what obedience does. You see, a convenient sacrifice is simply a lie. There really is no such thing as a convenient sacrifice. But obedience to God's word is tried and true. There's a great upfront cost associated with obeying God. Oh yes, there is. But we can all afford to pay it. And we cannot afford not to pay it. Because a convenient sacrifice will ultimately cost you your walk with God. It will ultimately cost you your salvation. But obedience to God's commands will save you from your sure demise. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to destroy that convenient sacrifice once and for all. And pick up that spirit of a willing heart and willing obedience to God's command. Because if you continue to be casual and nonchalant about God's commands, the cost of convenience may just be ultimately you changing the truth of God into a lie. Saul ultimately deceived himself, proclaiming he had done all that the Lord required. I'm not putting words in his mouth. You read it in scripture. He said, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Yet in the very same breath, he said, but I, scared, I spared King Agag. In the very same breath. You've got to destroy what God's told you to destroy. You've got to destroy it. 
Because ultimately, you're, you're waiting on one day, one day when it's convenient for you. That day may never come. You've got to destroy what God has told you to destroy. Else you may turn his commands into a lie and deceive your own self. But there is hope today. There is mercy and forgiveness for you today. God is giving you another chance to obey his voice. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. You know what is great about God? Is that your obedience, or your understanding rather, is not a prerequisite to obeying his voice. Your complete understanding is not required for you to obey. You may not fully understand why God's telling you to do something, but if you will just step out in faith and say, Lord, you've got this, I'm doing, I don't understand this, but if you just step out in faith, say, Lord, have your way. I promise you that's when God shows up and shows off. You see, because God just loves somebody who activates their faith and says, Lord, I'm just gonna trust you. I'm gonna take you at your word because when you step out and do what he told you to do, he'll handle the rest. You don't have to worry about the outcome. You don't longer have to worry about the outcome. Obedience brings about the miraculous. Does anybody want to see the miraculous? I long to see the miraculous. Jesus told his followers, greater works shall you do than these. If we are not seeing greater works, what is the problem? It's us, isn't it? Greater works shall you do than these. And I want to see a great work today. I want somebody to be healed today. I want somebody to be set free from sin today. I want somebody once and for all to offer an obedient heart to God and say, I'm not turning back. I'm not doing it my own way anymore. I lay aside my pride and my arrogance. God, I want you to move today. I want you to move in my life today. See, because it makes no sense to the human mind why God would tell Saul to destroy everything, does it? All the animals? I mean, think of how that would boost Israel's economy. You think, well, if I'm going to kill the enemy, why can't I have his goods? He's not going to use them, right? But he is God. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts, not our thoughts. Your pastor and I were talking last night how God sees the end from the beginning. He knows why he tells you to do something. You can't see the big picture. And he's protecting you and he's keeping you. And you may pitch a fit, but God knows what he's doing. And you've got to trust him with your whole heart. Amen? Didn't you hate it when you were younger and you got the answer from your parents? Because I said so. Oh, that drove me nuts. What do you mean because I said so? That's not a reason. That's not a reason. Because I said so. But now some of you are older and you have your own kids and you understand why. And some of you did it. I... One of these days when I have kids, all right, I'm just, I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to say those words. 
I'm going to bite my tongue, right? Everybody says, yeah, right. Yeah, right. But now that you're older and you realize you can't explain everything to a three-year-old or even a 10-year-old, even a 15-year-old, you can't explain it all because they just won't grasp it, right? And you'll just be wasting your time. That's how it is with us and God. We can't see the big picture. We haven't been down that road, but God knows it all. He's already been down that road and he's protecting you. His ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. He cares about you today. He loves you. That's why he wants you to destroy that stronghold in your life. He's not keeping you away from fun. He's trying to save you, preserve you. Amen. Visitor, the word of the Lord is for you this morning. You may not know exactly what you're feeling today, but you know that you feel something that you never felt before. Can I tell you that's the presence of Almighty God? Amen. And can I tell you, God is reaching for you right now, and he's calling you, saying, come on, come on. Just give in, just give up, just destroy that, that convenient sacrifice once and for all. Don't wait any longer. Don't delay. We're just one week removed from Resurrection Sunday. Celebration of Jesus Christ breaking the back of sin for every single one of us. Doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you've done in your past. God doesn't care about it. He defeated the enemy just for you. But can I tell you, his ultimate sacrifice on the cross and his triumph over sin means absolutely nothing. His resurrection means nothing without your obedience. Because we cannot claim the work of God casually or conveniently or our way on our terms. We can't do that. God is not a liar. He will not go back on his word. We have to come his way. The only way. We have to be a man of humility as Saul once was to experience God. It's time to stop doing our own thing. It's time to stop running from the voice of God. Turn around and run to him. Turn around and run to him. So how do I obey, visitor, you ask? Hebrews eleven six. without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Those who take care of his word and obey his word and don't get sidetracked and do it their way, but those that diligently seek him, obeying his word, and his command. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was being poured out and preached to the crowd that they had rejected and crucified Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And they were pricked in their heart, the word says. And they asked, okay, I get it now. I did it my own way and I missed the Messiah. How can I make up for it? What can I do to correct it? Isn't that the big question in our world today? What can I do to be saved? What can I do to fix this mess? And Peter said, you know it well, repent, turn around. 
Turn around. Don't do it your way anymore. Repentance, lay yourself down at an altar and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, not just for the things I've done and the things that I've thought and the people that I've failed. I'm not just sorry for those things, but I'm sorry for who I am. Not just my actions, but who I am. I'm sorry, I repent. I don't want to be that way anymore. I'm turning around and I'm turning to you. And then he said, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, for the washing away of your sins. And you shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, that's his promise for you this morning. That is how we can overcome the world and overcome our own brokenness. Repent, be baptized in Jesus' name. He'll fill you with his spirit. Can I tell you, visitor, that the word of God has gone forth for you today? Not just a church member, not just a backslider, but you're here because God knew you'd be here. God's drawing you. Don't turn around and walk out these doors without experiencing God on his terms. And I will close with this if the music will come. Acts chapter 24. Paul stood before Felix. Felix called him back. He had heard Paul preach the good news and he, he called him back and he had his wife with him. Drusilla was her name. It says, after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. What I'm preaching to you this morning. And as Felix reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, he trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I'll call for you. Friends, can I tell you, convenience really is a lie. There is no convenient sacrifice. It doesn't even make sense, really. It makes no sense. And there is no convenient season. There is not another time. We're not promised tomorrow. I'm sorry, some of you have lived that way. For years you've said you keep putting God off. I'm just not ready today, God. I'm just having my own way. I'm just doing my own thing. Can I tell you, we are not promised tomorrow. And I'm not trying to preach hellfire to you. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm, I'm not saying you have no chances after today. But hear the word of the Lord. You don't know. But God knows. And once and for all, could you lay your life down before him and say, I'm giving you all, God. I'm no longer fighting or wrestling with your command. Will you do that today? God's calling you. His mercy is here. There's nobody like our God. He's rich in love and mercy. But he's given you a chance today. Will you maximize that opportunity? Don't be like Saul. He was anointed king over God's people. And even somebody who's anointed to be over God's people can miss the mark. Can miss it. Because of pride. Because of arrogance. For a more convenient time. Please don't miss what God has for you today. The love of God is here and he's reaching for you. Will you bow your heads? Will you close your eyes? Will you talk to the Lord? 
God, will you take inventory of my heart and my life? Lord, you know the things that you've been dealing with me about. I know, I realize, God, you've been dealing with me to lay that relationship aside. Maybe to not focus so much on my career. Maybe quit, just quit putting you on the back burner, but really put you at the forefront and say, God, I'm surrendering my life to you. God, search me and know me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting because I don't want to miss the opportunity today to make good. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.